What's up, everybody? What's We're back up, for another up, episode of We Are The Ones podcast. Really excited to uh, be back for uh, another episode. Another episode. We Are The Ones. Yeah, we have some extraordinary conversations with some extraordinary people that's doing some extraordinary... I cannot talk today. God damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be all... I'm trying to sound all professional. <laughs> extraordinary. There it is. Okay. I'm, yeah. I was trying to sound out... Extraordinary? The, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I was trying to sound it out, but... Okay. No, we have some extraordinary conversations with extraordinary people who are just doing extraordinary things. And, um, you know, today is no different. No different know, at no all. No different. Uh, we got a, a, a good friend... My brother, but we're going to get into the introduction shortly, but Avi, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. I am so glad to be done with the e for all Business Accelerator Program. On. Congratulations I did my final on that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Big shout out yes. to you on that. You did an amazing job on your pitch. Thank I got a chance you. to, Thank to you. check it out, and I'm just like, ah, uber proud. Uber, Thank uber you. proud of you. Thank you. That's super dope. So, after that, I'm, listen, <laughs> I'm smooth sailing right now <laughs> after having that done. Yeah. How's your week? The week is going amazing, you know. Oh, it's uh, only Monday, so yeah. last week, right? We were talking yeah. about last week. Yeah. Okay. Every day. Every day is amazing, <laughs> you know. My little man just turned six months uh, yesterday, so. School, school. Yeah, he's uh, just getting bigger by the day. That's my little guy, man. So uh, just watching him grow has just been amazing. But, you know, just kind of getting to the rhythm of just work and everything else, Got you know, we got going on. Got businesses, got contracts out here up, yeah. you know, up the wazoo, you know, so. Jamil Rowland. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. Jamil doesn't mean you don't have a little angle. Yeah, sure. A couple contracts. What can I say? I've been working my ass off with these, you know. But, you know, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for every opportunity that comes my way. I just got awarded the from Buffalo Black Achievers. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. That was the Community Service Award, you know. So that was, it was unexpected. You know, mm-hmm. but it was, I'm grateful nonetheless that my community, um, and especially an organization like the Buffalo Black Achievers, you know, people that I've been looking at with so much respect and reverence for so long, they do so much here in our community mm-hmm. through scholarships and then and just recognizing people that look like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the fact that they saw enough to recognize me, you know, for the work that I was doing, it's just, it's just been incredible. And, you know, just obviously just coming off of the, the Forbes recognition as well, right. you know, so right. things have just been, right. things have been rolling. And I love it because it's all about community too. Yeah. Like you're really being recognized for the work that you do right here in your city. And yeah. I think that's wonderful. And it, Which is great, you know, especially like, for example, with the Forbes thing, they recognize me for things that I'm doing here in Buffalo. I'm like, yo, how I not even get on your radar. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but the fact that I'm, you know, I've, I, I am, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just feels good. Yeah. You know, I, I can't even hold you. Like, it feels good to be recognized. I'm like, I, I'm in a great season of my life right mm-hmm. now. You know, I'm in a really good season. You know, at the beginning of, I think it was last year, I said that um, that year was going to be the year of abundance, mm-hmm. right? And ever since then, yeah, I've been living life abundantly. You really have. <laughs> you know I, mean? I know. Yeah. You, so, spe- you you really did speak it. You spoke it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's power in exactly. that. It's power in speaking yeah. things, you know, into into existence, and that you said a manifestation. So, um, so I'm just excited. But I'm even more excited because today I got my brother on here, man. Yeah. I got my brother. Yeah. You know, like we, me and my guy, we go back for about ten years. About ten years, about 10 years now. now. Yeah. So, Damn. quick story. We uh, actually got a chance to meet. Um, and connect with each other through, we were both founding members of the Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals. Yep. Okay. So he was on, like, I think right before yeah, I was, yep, yep, you know, yep. I came in, I came on board. Uh, shout out to our founding president, Stephanie. Stephanie. And um, oh. she um, she was like, do you want to be on our board? So um, <laughs> I came on and, you know, Reggie and I were, uh, we were co-chairs, co-chairs together for, for the communications. Yeah. And, you know, he just, uh, he just always been just like, one of those those down to earth dudes, man. Like this has been my man, Fifty Grand, ever since. Facts. Like we never had an issue. Facts. You know what I'm saying? We just always it's always been love with us, man. And then to see what he's been able to do, you know, in transitioning himself 
from career to entrepreneurship and what we're going to talk a little bit about today with his business and Canna House, it's been nothing short of amazing. So, um, and of course, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but my man, he out here breaking barriers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he out here breaking barriers for real. You know, yeah, business fresh, first fresh. came hollering at the end. Like my man yeah. got the Knocking cover story. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Cause like, <laughs> but Pipe him down. without further ado, I would like to introduce my brother, Reggie Keith, man. Thank you for joining us. Thank oh, you. Thank y'all for having me, man. I'm really excited about this. Um, shout out to y'all for creating more spaces for our voices, man. Absolutely, we need man. it. Thank you know, you. I appreciate y'all. Y'all, y'all been doing y'all thing in the community, paying attention. You know what I'm saying? I'm always watching. <laughs> I'm always watching. This is my brother. You know what I mean? And I've I've seen you. And it's crazy because I've he had asked me that I know you, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But when I saw you, I was like, oh, I do know who that yeah, is. Yeah. You know what I <laughs> mean? So it's just that uh, you know, one degree of separation I'm that is telling Buffalo. You. And that's yeah, the thing too, because when he was like, you know, I've known him for five years. I said the thing about it is that I hear <laughs> Reggie's name a lot, and I never hear anything negative. Anytime anyone ever spoke about you, Reggie, it's always just highly recommended That's dope. to I know you. So just know that. you got a lot of support That's out love. here. It's, this love. is this yeah. is the definition of good energy right here. Yeah, you know what I mean? I like it's just, every time you're around this dude, you can't help but to but to just feel good. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he, <laughs> you get around this guy, and I'm telling you, your day is just instantly better just because of the energy that he brings to the space. That's you love, know, so. That's yeah. love. Keep him coming. Come on. Keep him coming. <laughs> what else you like about me? <laughs> Tell me more. No, no, I like this. So, so Reggie, so what I love about this podcast is that we're going to dive into your mindset. Yeah. Because I feel like um, our people and here in Buffalo as as well, you have to start with your mindset before you can start to make, make or see a change in your life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get down to it. For those who may not know you or just heard of you, sure. born and raised in Buffalo. Born and raised. Born and raised in Buffalo, East Side, um, North Parade, uh, right across the street from the Science Museum. I went to Buffalo Public Schools. You know what I'm okay. saying? I am, I am Buffalo. That's a fact. That's a fact. Okay. What high school? Uh, B Buffalo Performing Arts. Arts Academy. Uh -huh. Shout out, shout out. That that sounds shaky. Yeah, yeah. Look, that sounds like some haters about oh. Sarah voice cracking. <laughs> Something negative. We got the bougie, bougie over here. Queen bougie over here, bro. Door, right? I don't even understand what she was just coming from. Queen bougie oh, over here. You no. a tech guy. One yeah. of the, you're one of those. Yeah, one of those. Happy. One of those. No, yeah, yeah, no yeah. I actually love it because my mother went to performing arts. I okay. have much respect for performing okay, arts. So what did you go there for? Uh, communications. Yeah. Oh, so, I thought, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, communication arts, right? And so um, growing up, I just, I loved examples of greatness that like resonated with like culture. Like, yeah. man, that looks authentic. And I fell in love with Stuart Scott. Mm. If you guys aren't familiar rest with Stuart Scott, Scott, rest in peace yeah, to my guy sure. from Sports Center, from ESPN, mm. really worked himself up. And I just watched him be. Booyow. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? You on TV? You can talk like that? Like, I want that job. You know what I'm saying? Everybody black, I see you on TV is stuffy and they're in their suits and they're like, and yeah. yeah, that's that's the news. Back to you, Johnny. And I'm like, nah, he don't go like that. So that really resonated with me. Like, yo, I really love the impact he had on just a young black kid that wanted to be something yeah. um, and didn't know what it was. And then my skills kind of led me to always being able to communicate. I was a good, you know, I was good at taking high level information and understanding it and so um for that it allowed me to kind of like say a lot of points that like some of my friends had or maybe my my, my siblings might have been wanting to talk to i was always the one to go talk to my parents like right you know what i mean reg go go ax right because i can i can say it in a way that everybody understood like okay yeah, yeah, there was yeah. some understanding of the, and so that kind of like spirit of um just being able to be authentically yourself in whatever profession you choose really was like you know, that's that's what drove me to communications. And so, yeah, I went to performing arts for communication arts. Okay. So when you say that you were the one that they would say, you know, go say something to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in a two-parent home? Grew up in a two-parent home. Um, older brother. I uh, lived in the house. I have an older sister as well. Um, I had an older brother that passed away as well. Oh. Um, shout oh, out Sean is. Brooks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but, yeah, grew up in a... I called it like the R-rated Cosby home. <laughs> like, 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 shout out to my dad. Rest in peace to my dad. I lost oh my, my dad gosh. this year, you know. Oh so um, it was a, oh, thank you, man. Thank you so much. So just you know, the 
life those life be life in. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, but from that, so many positive memories. And I just think back to my dad, and my dad was just like this. You know, I mean, saying it now sounds kind of weird, but he was like this already Bill Cosby. But Bill Cosby is kind of already. So, sorry, but he was like an already. Uh, He's probably the culture well, Bill Cosby. Cosby. Yeah, he was like, he was like Heathcliff, though. Yeah, yeah. already, right? Like okay. a doctor, not like okay. Bill Cosby. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, he, uh, but, the, but the Huxtables, like, was. Uh, like a solid representation of what I think my parents aspired to kind of set the tone for their children, right? That environment, like you could do whatever you want, right? We we did our best to try to afford you the opportunities to go do some of this stuff. It's about you taking advantage of it. And that just wasn't a theme in our community. Like a lot yeah. of my friends weren't in that position where right. it was like, well, I'm choosing not to go to camp. Like, bro, but you get to go to camp. We're gonna pay for your camp. Why you ain't gonna camp? Right? And I'm to me, I just wanna hang with my friends because y'all ain't going to camp, but they don't have the means to go. Nobody's yeah. giving them the opportunity. And so um that dynamic was an interesting thing growing up. But yeah, man, uh, really healthy household. Do you yeah. do you feel like that you had an, an advantage because you had a two-parent household? Because I mean, obviously you grew up in the hood, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, seeing a lot of people around you, yes. circumstances weren't the same. Mm -hmm. So do you think that you were at more of an, had more of an advantage being had both of your parents in the household? I guess as a mature person now, I could say yes, but then I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know the difference. So I didn't know it was like, oh, I didn't have this and now I have this and so I could see the advantage. Like this was my normal. So I only knew two parents. But as I started to mature and see like the things that I was able to, um, the groundedness I had, not necessarily in like the tangible things, but like some of my understanding about family, about camaraderie, about like togetherness. I felt like I, I definitely had a head start because some some people just didn't learn that primarily where they were at, right. which is home, right? And so if you're not learning that with your primary residence, then, you know, you kind of are adopting that as you're going out and meeting other people like that. And that was stuff that I I, I, I was raised in kind of like, you know, I come from a church background, so you know, like a righteous thought process of like, yeah. you know, just being good to people, treat people how you want to be treated. Right. Um, and so that that definitely gave me an advantage. And even to this day, I think it allows me to really be good with um, how I deal with people. So would you say that growing up, you were like the, the voice of reason or even the dad of your friends? Oh, man. I, yeah, so I grew up, my crew, like my youngest crew, we were kind of like, I was kind of the youngest one. Like I like I like hanging with older folks. They could expose me to stuff. Like I, I always hang with the older crew. Um, and so I don't know if I would be like the dad in that scenario. But I will say this, like quickly, my friends, I, I would say that my first skill I learned was manipulation. Like mm. it wasn't great, oh. right? But that's, okay. I, as I was paying attention to the people that got the things they want, I was like, oh, I can do that. Like, you just got You ever use that? Yeah, for sure. Ah. For sure. I, I think early in my, like, uh, just being, you know, teenager, right, when I'm starting to make decisions for myself, I think I used it to, like, you know, get the car, mm -hmm. right? Um, I learned I did it to, like, stay certain places, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get free snacks, right? It, I, <laughs> I was, it was definitely, like, super superficial. It was, like, really uh, silly. But even in then, I started to understand how like I did, I felt weird. I didn't feel good about. I didn't feel good about manipulating somebody into a result. Mm -hmm. And so I never wanted to like uh, uh, like trick anybody into giving me what they wanted. And so that allowed me to like you know how can I do this and be me? You know how can I just tell the truth? I want some free snacks. <laughs> you know what I'm do you think that so having having that check yeah. that that's what I call it that that check within your spirit? Do you think that come from your church background or more so from the the culture in the household that you grew up in? Yeah, I think both. I think both. Um, definitely, I mean, you know, spirituality was, like, so big growing up um, that it definitely shaped my uh, perspective, how I went about things. But my parents were so big on accountability, right? Mm -hmm. It was just like, mm -hmm. all right, well, what was your part? You know what <laughs> I mean? You don't come in here telling me about what he did and what they did. Like, right. ah, you was there. Yeah. You didn't stop him. You didn't do nothing. Did you go tell? Why, you know, so, you know, what role did you play? And that always mm. led me to being like, all right, well, you know, I'm sure there's something I could have changed in this situation. <laughs> I could have blamed somebody. So, yeah, that was really what, what kind of, like, I would say birthed that mm -hmm. in me. Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting because you know how, so there's there's always uh, ways that 
that the good can be seen as bad. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that even though your parents was telling you, you need to be held accountable for, for your actions, that that also in turn um, have some situations feel as if taking on fault, like, dang, now what happened is my fault. Mm. Like, like, did that mm. actually have, like, a twist or a negative to it as well? That's a good, good question. I, I, I'd say yes. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, you know, I think even as an adult, I'm, I'm kind of, like, hard on myself, right? My, my fiancé would tell you, like, even with all these achievements and, like, pushing and, like, support that I get in the community, which I... So appreciative of. I'm, I'm always like, ah, it was, you know, that's like a B grade, right? And I'm like, I'm so, I don't know if I like would say I'm like, um, I internalize everything to be like on me uh, or my fault, but I am super critical when I know it's my responsibility. Okay. Like when that's my response, I don't back out of like, oh, I mean, that kind of wasn't my fault. Like if he would have just called me yesterday, I would have got that. Like, no, like, bro, you could have called a week before and you could have been clear on what you needed. And so I think more of more of that, like I'm ultra critical of myself more than I am of like, um, you know, I, I, I absorb the blame. Yeah. So when you say you're 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 critical in that way. Mm -hmm. How did you speak to yourself growing up? Because were you very critical of yourself with the, with the way that you may have perceived certain things or, I mean, were you very critical with yourself? So honestly, uh, when I was young, I was super protective. So I, I, I'm like this, like the youngest of my family. I'm like this, like everybody loved me, right? And it was like, everybody loves Reggie, you know, growing up. And <laughs> Man, so- I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but yeah. the, and, and, and so this is the thing though. This is why I felt like, I, I say as an adult, I can say it's an advantage, but it was kind of a disadvantage at first. Cause I got a, a, I had to like revamp myself around like 26, 27 years old. Yeah. Cause I had such a false confidence. Mm. All of that was wow. built up about people telling me who I was. Mm. And I never really had to even prove it. Right? They were just like, you're the, you're the shit, Reg. Wow. Oh, you speak so well. You look so nice. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the man. <laughs> and so then I get these positions, and I don't know how to handle myself, where I get to a job interview, and I feel less than. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not as good as everybody's saying. Wow. So I had to really understand, like, who you are. Your value isn't wrapped in the applause. Right. Yeah. Or, or, the, or the booze. Right? It's really in you being able to assess, okay, this is what I can and what I can't do why I'm confident, how much work I actually put in, right, the steps and really, and that started to allow me to really, like, um, assess myself in a healthy way. Yeah. And that's what I've been learning, like, as an adult, like, to really do a lot of the things that we've done, a lot of the things that aren't bad, they just aren't healthy. Yeah. And, right, so assessing and, and figuring out who's wrong is cool as long as you're doing it in a healthy way. And I, I feel like that allowed me to do that. So usually when people have those reflection moments, mm. <clears throat> that means that they're going through a valley. Mm. What valley were you going through in order to start saying, you know what, I'm not who I thought Explain I was. Explain the valley. The valley meaning that you you hit rock bottom. Some, something happened mm -hmm. to you to mm -hmm. say, let me start with me first. Because mm -hmm. right. something, something's going on. Mm -hmm. So what was your valley that had you start reflecting on that? Oh, on man. your false confidence? Uh, it was employment. <laughs> That's usually where it starts with us for I some reason. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> how did employment I because be? you couldn't... Find a job, or like you had a job, yeah. or it was people that you were connecting with that made you feel kind of less than. Like, what was it? Yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, they asked everybody, you know, what you want to be when you grow up. I remember mm -hmm. saying, literally, vividly, like third, fourth grade. I'm like, I just want to be remembered. I want to be in the history books. Mm -hmm. I want to be wow. in there, right? And so I never ever saw myself working a job. Like, yeah. I, I even as a kid, it just never was a thing. But then again, I had this protected world that made me think, like, all right, whatever you want to be, just. Think about it when you're 21 and do it, bro. Like, you know what right. I mean? That's like, that's not the world, right? And so as I got into the real world, I realized, like, all right, and to finance your passion and your, your dreams, you need a job. Mm -hmm. And so I got caught up in the job circuit, right? Just working. I've worked every single job you can think of, <laughs> right? And so um, I had kind of caught this this spell of like, all right, I'm working. I was working in school and I came back home. Um, I mentioned before that my brother passed. I got into a really bad car accident um, and that's where he passed, right? So I was driving, right? And it really affected me, right? So I was like, oh my God, like, 
what am I doing with my life? Wait, you were driving. He I was, was driving. He was a passenger. Um, we got into what they can they call a single car accident, but when somebody swerved, whatever happened. Um, the the gist of it is is that we did like a five rollover. Sheesh. Yeah, oh, man. I walked out with no scratch. I had like a bump on my head. You know what I mean? And he wow. passed right. And so that really put my life into perspective as to like, all right, what are you doing? What are we here for? Like, what's the purpose? Like, you know what I mean? Like, my brother. Uh, I tell this a lot, was the epitome. He taught me manhood, yeah. right? Uh, not Shout out to my dad, shout out to my, my other older brother, but I lived with him in this crucial time where I was a freshman in college to about my uh, senior year, right? And um, he really taught me, like, the additional part of responsibility. Um, and so at that crossroad, I was just like, all right, man, I, I don't want to be wasting time just trying to be a dreamer. I'm just going to get me a job. I'm gonna, and so I buckled down, and I told myself I'm going to work and save some money, and I just went job to job, and it was mm -hmm. killing me. Um, I finally moved back home. Uh, years passed. I was still working. And I was just like, oh, my God. I thought I thought I was going to, like, hit a point where, like, all right, I worked. I got this bread. Now I can go back to the dream over, chasing. Right. Nah, nah. I was like, oh, no. I, actually, I'm more, I'm more comfortable in the employee seat now. And so now I'm fighting with myself internally. I'm like, okay, well, I have a comfort level with going to work and working for somebody else, but my internal passion is going, yo, this ain't who this we are, man. Yeah. This ain't who we are. Why are you settling for this? And that just, it just, I don't know, it just led me to a bunch of irresponsible decisions. <laughs> so, I mean, because obviously in entrepreneurship, we often hit though, it's an emotional roller coaster, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Where you have those moments where you just feel like you're at the top of the world right. and like everything is just clicking on all cylinders for you. And then you have, like you said, the valleys, you know, of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. when you're just like, you know what, F all of this. Yep. I need to go back and get a job. <laughs> so have you, I'm obviously, and we're going to transition and talk about, you know, your your transition to entrepreneurship shortly, but have did you ever feel, I mean, do you feel that now still? Shit, I feel yesterday. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's a real thing, right? Yeah. Like, um, but I made a, I, I'm really dedicated to never, working for anybody else again, yeah. right? I mean, we can do partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I find I'm, I'm a social, I'm a cultural billionaire. I would like to say that you guys are too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what we run into oftentimes is capital or financial capital, and we have cultural capital. And so what I've gained now in my small tenure of entrepreneurship is leverage, right? I was and, about to ask you about that. How do you mm -hmm. leverage, how do we leverage that, that, that that the culture side, yeah. yeah, in order for us to be able to access the mm -hmm. the financial side, and I think that's important because that drives me to never going back to work, right? right. Understanding how to how to leverage that that journey is what keeps me fresh in entrepreneurship because there's always a new opportunity to leverage that in new relationships. Um, my particular field is is blossoming with those opportunities because it's it's not only uh, new opportunities. It's a new industry, mm -hmm. right? And so the the freshness of that keeps uh, it's just so many lanes open to being like, all right, I really want to be in this field. I don't do that. I don't have the cultural capital. I need a cultural partner, right? The same way we go through things, we like, yo, I got the great idea. If I could just find somebody to finance yep. this shit, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I just need a hundred k, right? Somebody's out here looking for a million dollar culture. I just had one black dude that really knew his community. Mm -hmm. They trusted him. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I could pull this off. What does that matter? What a, shit, that sounds like it's valuable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got a million plus dollars and you can do this thing, but you can't do it without me? Right. That, I, I, shit, <laughs> I need to get more than just the, this is my guy. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, understanding that and, like, working with, um, you know, some of our talent in our community to really understand, like, how to build out um, business deals. Right, mm -hmm. what do contracts? What those contracts we're talking about? Like, what what does that look like? How how do you do that? Right, and then so you know we've really set ourselves. We created a strategy that allows us, and we'll get into it of how we like leveraging some of the things, the building blocks that we put in place, and kind of like our our today plan, our tomorrow plan, and then kind of the unexpected stuff that we're gonna grow into. Um, but yeah, man, that 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 um, leveraging that that cultural capital is, I think, the key to unlocking the potential in our community. Right. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I think another key that you talk about a lot is educate. Yes. How big is it for, like, that That almost sounds like the, the cornerstone 
of your of your industry right yes, there. One thousand percent. Okay, so if you can say three things that you really want our community to to be educated on when it comes to your industry, what would those top three things be? Wait, before we go there, oh. okay. hold that. Okay. okay. Because I want to I want to kind of rewind a little bit. Okay. Because I want to know. Okay, we talked. We talked about you being an employee. You working these different jobs, but you then made that transition to entrepreneurship. What drove you to this industry in particular? Perfect, perfect. I like both of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, as I'm hating employment, um, I find myself working for a Fortune 200 company. Like, These guys make money. I'm going in a quarterly meetings. They're like, "Yeah, we missed the goal. We only did 1.4 billion this quarter." <laughs> Right, I'm like, yo, only. what? Minutes <laughs> ago, only, only 1.4. <laughs> 1. We're really down, guys. Come on. I was like, what the? What is going Cut on? Cut start laying people off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Killing this guy. Like, yo, this is crazy. And so, and so that year, that same year, as I'm going through these and I'm I'm moving up the ranks, I'm getting like you know raises and promotions. Um, I'm always already feeling like I'm never gonna get paid what I deserve. Mm -hmm. I, they're never gonna pay me what I deserve, but I'm but I'm I'm, earn, I'm learning so many skills here too. So I'm like, I really, you know, I got like a free education, you know, second education. Um, so I'm not really mad. But with the the breaking point was that same company um, gave me too much money in my bonus on mistake. Mm. Right, I transferred from one company to another company inside the one rep. One. Uh, Don't tell me they took that money back, bro. I feel like that. I got coming. I got the extra money. Think two months in a row. This might have been September, August, September, back to back, right? Mm -hmm. They bring it up in October. Yo, sorry. Probably paid you like, I don't know, like maybe six grand or something like that. Not only do we need the money back, we need it back by the end of the year. Woo. So I'm like, wait, excuse me? Like, excuse me, I gotta like, go. Yo. <laughs> that happened. Like, no, wow. Christmas is coming up, man. Get out of here. You gotta. Ooh. I'm like, yo, I'm not doing that. Like, so now y'all want me to work and give y'all my check because y'all taking the money Absolutely. from me. They like, I got an extra right. money to be like, I will right, we'll take it out of this part. Like, no, nah, that's my whole check. So I'm like, nah, that's not gonna work. So uh, I wound up having to negotiate to pay them monthly paybacks for like eight months. Oh god. So at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Forget y'all. But wow. you know. Money is, I need this money, you know? And so, shout out, again, shout out to my father. Rest in peace, Pops, man. I love you, man. My first investor who ever invested into my life, right? Yeah, got like a, an accident a few years back, got a settlement. He was like, yo, here's $5,000. Mm, you know on. what I mean? I'm, I'm like, dad. Actually, I told him, like, yo, I, I need some money. I want to just leave my job. I need to pay my rent. I need to be able to do this. I'm going to take care of it, but I got to be able to leave. All right, here you go, 5 k That's what I got for you. And so that 5K was like, pops. shout out to Pops, man. Shout out to Pops, man. You know what I'm saying? Gave my first K. I took, I took my little 401K I had to cash out a little bit of that, put those together. And um, yeah, man, it just took me on a, a wild journey. Like <laughs> that, that's a whole nother story. Talking about like what we what I actually did once I quit my job. But yeah, yeah, that was like the 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 the, the straw that broke the camel back that was like, all right. That's it. We going into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. you know. And um, yeah, man, I had a second job at that point. I kept my second job for probably for another month or two, um, but I quit my job December 2017. Mm. And yeah, man, can I look back since? Never looked back since, man. Never so what got you since. into the cannabis industry? And so I've been a consumer since I was 13. <laughs> Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, expert. I got, I, expert. 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 You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had this like uh, weird experience. Like I, the chronic had just dropped. You know mm, what I mean? Okay. The album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't even know what we was. <laughs> Shout out to my little brother, my god brother Danny, man. We um it used to be this tree that grew up my street from my house. And the the leaves just look like a maple leaf, kind of like mm -hmm. a but you know, I'm young. It kind of look like marijuana. They, oh, I'm like, okay, got the little points on it. Yeah, it's gotta be weed. It's a weed tree. My man smoking leaves, bro. I didn't know what a blunt was, but I knew it looked like a paper bag. Oh my so god! So I got a paper bag. He probably got all got types of leaves. mad, oh my dirty god. chemicals in him right now. This is exactly <laughs> what happens. Like, think, shout out to TikTok because at least y'all not, at least y'all not smoking leaves. But yeah, man. So that was like my first experience. I was like, oh, that, that was definitely not weed. Right, and we smoked, yeah, like, it was so terrible. We coughed, we, like, almost threw up. It was so bad. Um, and then, like, the next 
over the next month or so, I ran into some kids. I grew up at Humboldt Park. So across the street was the most famous uh, summer league we had, which is the Randy Smith Basketball League. Mm-hmm. And so all my friends, we all hooped. You know what I mean? So I would go up there in the summertime, and we would play, and, you know, some neighborhood kids would come through. They don't really hoop. They roll dice. They right. do all other street <laughs> shit. And so they was like, yo, that's weird. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I smoke. <laughs> y'all, don't even, y'all couldn't believe what I smoke. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, that was like, all right, you know what? I'm, I, 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 I like Bud. You know, I like it. And as I got my immature version of it was like just smoking to get high, right? Just smoking, mm-hmm. smoking to get high. And so... Over time, I just started to realize, like, I got a passion for this, though, right? Mm-hmm. I started to get high, but I really started learning, as I got older, like, the benefits. I'm like, oh, sure, well, I mean, my back hurt. I smoke weed. Why can't I smoke weed to make my back feel better, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know what I mean? Or what, what about, is it not smoking? Oh, there's other applications. I could turn it into a topical. Mm-hmm. I could rub it on my back instead mm-hmm. of trying to smoke it, and they don't target my particular wow. area, right? Mm-hmm. And so all those things started to, like, really mature my thought process of, like, the plant. And so, um, yeah, I just went on this journey of like, hey, man, I want to be an entrepreneur. I tried like two or three businesses with my friends before this. We had a, a clothing line. Uh, my first real entry into business was I tried to do a, do you remember me bringing this to you? Uh, the uh, e-waste management company, electronic waste management. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, because again, Jamil was so <laughs> he just was so mature. Like I'm like, yo, bro. Like I don't, bro. I'm just trying to. I'm, you know, I, don't even know, I don't even know these terms. He's telling me mad cool shit. I'm just like, oh, yo, bro. I got this idea. And so, um, yeah, that was my first real thought. Like, all right, I really want to be an entrepreneur. And I, the business was great. The, mm-hmm. the finance made sense. I had no passion for collecting people's trash mm-hmm. and so i was like right, well, can i do this with something i love and i was just like man one day i was just sitting and i was smoking and i was like wait <laughs> <laughs> wait what do you mean it's always the stuff it's, like, it's, the, it's the low-hanging fruit low-hanging fruit what do you mean you don't know anything you have passion for like what about this and so it really drove me into like really seeing like okay what is uh, what are other states doing what did this look like how did this mature from like this underground thing in california and colorado mm-hmm. to turn into the businesses they have now and so i started to like watch that track and do some research um I, again education was key I enrolled into Cannabis Training University. It's an online university, but it really allowed me to, again, taking a turn from my my, my big dog, Dashita Dawson, um, giving my bro science some real science. Mm-hmm. And so pairing those things together allowed me to really understand, like, oh, some of these experiences that I have that I that I went through and I, I can kind of articulate, there's a scientific expression for this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and pairing those really started to, like, mature my, my journey in cannabis and naturally was like, all right, well, we did all we could do from the sideline, bro. You know what I mean? You didn't learn yeah. what you could. You could think about these business models, but like unless you plan on getting in and doing this, you're really not gonna be able to answer some of these questions. Right. And so that's kind of what drove me to be like, all right, this, this is what we jumping out the window with, right? You know what I mean? Electronic waste was cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the, the clothing line was cool, but this is something I could do. I can, I can kind of like um, push myself. I didn't necessarily need a third party. And I felt like those other those other uh, genres of business, only, you know, they they only allowed me to be myself to an extent, right? This was like, yo, you could put your whole self into this, and I learned how to be an expert on what I did, mm-hmm. and that allowed me to t- walk into ownership, right. right? Opposed to like, well, how can I go find a job in this, right? And that was the to mindset, that was the change. I started to see the potential and like, yo, ah. Oh, Fuck being somebody's manager for a retail yeah, location. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, how about you get a retail? How about you get a fleet of retails? You know, mm-hmm. how about and then I was like, well, why retail? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many other things. And it really started to like just snowball effect, you know what I mean? The thought process of like what it looked like to be um an executive in cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. So right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a lot of people think when it comes to entrepreneurship, all you need is just passion. Mm-hmm. But we just talked about how. Listen, in entrepreneurship, if you don't want to give up almost once a week, you're not doing it. Facts. So once a week. <laughs> well, I just you're say doing once a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> you doing great. <laughs> I just say once a week, but we all know it's like yeah. every day. But um, what else does it take other than passion to really do entrepreneurship? Uh man. So it takes will. 
will, willpower and passion are two different things. I, I, I like to express that your passion is what you love, what you really, you know, you, you want, you have the desire, but willpower is your drive to push through, to mm -hmm. actually do, right? So those two are key. We talked about the third, which is education, right? In any field that you want to be in, you need to be um, really educated about the whole model of your business, right? You need to be able to understand how to run your business from start to finish so you can understand how to properly hire somebody right. and hold them accountable. And so uh, education is probably the, the third major pillar. And then fourth is networking. Entrepreneurship <laughs> does not work without a tribe. You need to find your social crew. Capital. Develop your social yeah, capital. Yeah, you develop yeah. your All social capital. Yeah. That is huge. Without <laughs> that, more than anything, right? And I think why somebody like Jamil really drives that home is his origin of entrepreneurship, right? Seeing that, that experience, it, it, it is embedded in every part, even in your education. Your education is still networking, right? Mm -hmm. I'm getting educated by who I'm talking to, right? right? And talking to other CEOs from other fields. I'm not talking about just proper school uh, education, right? You can just learn from kicking it. And so that networking um, aspect is huge in how you can grow, how you get additional resources, because entrepreneurship is one of the key problems you have that I learned that I was doing for a while was I was a solopreneur, mm -hmm. not an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so for a long time, I wasn't really building out resources or understanding you can't how to- scale as a solopreneur. Impossible. Yeah. That is not a viable uh, uh, solution for, for scalability. And so, yeah, those key components, I think, make up the foundation for entrepreneurship. You know. So let me ask you something, because I want to kind of, you know, stick on this cannabis thing for a second. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love the conversation that we're having around it, because for so long, we know that, especially in communities of color, you know, it was demonized, it was criminal, criminalized, um, and we're starting to see that shift happen, yes. happening right now. Um, obviously, it started in Colorado, you know, California, you know, kind of jumped on board, and now New York um, is, is on board with um, decriminalization and, and the legalization of marijuana. What it can this is for the people who are unaware. Mm -hmm. What are the people? What, what's being done differently here in New York as mm -hmm. opposed to like a Colorado and a California? That's a great question. Um, the most obvious thing is uh, it's been deemed social equity, right? This term has been thrown around, so uh, I'm not gonna live in that. But that was the spirit of the bill. This bill in New York State is the most comprehensive social equity-driven bill passed in American history. Not just in cannabis, not in any field. There's no field that has been, um, or no, re no legislation that has been drawn up and passed that has been this dedicated to um, seeing people who have been affected negatively by the war on drugs win. That's the spirit. And so, big shout out to the majority leader, of Crystal People Stokes. Shout out yes. to Crystal. Yes. Big, yes. big yes. shout out That's to family the family right there. You know what I'm saying <laughs> to the Godmother. Yes. Godmother. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. But Crystal, her um, dedication mm -hmm. um, to seeing that this bill didn't get passed without uh, really understanding how to impact and undo some of the harm that was done from the war on drugs, mm -hmm. uh, it really makes this bill the shining star of mm -hmm. legislation in cannabis. Nice. Um, outside of that, uh, so the, and let me explain that, right? So how, how that was articulated in, in law was that it has been written that 50% of the licenses, of all licenses in New York State, are to be held by social equity applicants. Now, because... Law doesn't allow you to specify that by saying black people, right? <laughs> you got to group a couple other groups in there. So, you know, and this is some of the stuff that I learned in my journey to entrepreneurship in this field was advocacy and legislation and how things are written, how regs roll out, and some of the give and take that you got to have. So Crystal held higher for a lot of the points that she has in the bill, but some of the stuff she had to give up was like, all right, we can't just say black people get... 50% of the licenses. <laughs> so it was like people that were uh, hiring most by the war on drugs, that's us, right? Communities most hiring, but it was distressed farmers, right? War veterans and uh, women, right? Okay. So these groups are also considered uh, social equity. So I do appreciate that, you know, uh, it is an inclusive category yeah. um, and that does help 
Uh, I would have loved to see that that, you know, was for us. But again, you know, you, you got to understand kind of some of the, again, give and take. But yeah, that that is probably the most standout, I say, factor of the bill that really separates it from any anything that's like this in the country, for sure. That's super dope. So let's let's um, talk a little bit about, you know, Kenna House. Bad, right? bad, because, bad. like, you are, you created this incredible brand Thank you, um, here um, with Kenna House. Talk to us a little bit about Kenna House uh, because, you know, a lot of people know it as, like, a, it's a social club, mm-hmm. right? So um, just go into detail about it and... Is the plan to keep it a social club, or is it to expand further than, than just that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, our origin. So, my original uh, in um, was delivery service, right? And so I was like, you know what? I'm about to do. It was Canaport, <laughs> right, babe? Canaport. Canaport was the first business, and I was like, this is gonna be fire. They can't stop me. I'm about like to... weed in Newport. So <laughs> it was transport in Canada. It was like transporting the cannabis. So Canaport, it made more sense in my head. You know what I'm Sound like but, cigarettes to me. But... <laughs> so um, you know, in in my thought process, I was like, I could do this, right? And I went to Crystal. You know, and, and this is why our relationship works so well and why we 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 are probably tied in uh, so deeply is because, you know, I was one of the first people to ever come to her office as a black person and talk about being a legal cannabis owner. And she was like, yes, mm-hmm. we are then. Yeah. <laughs> so I told her what I want to do, and she was like, all right, well, that's not a bad idea, you know, but you need to understand um, who can touch the plant in that way. It's like, what? What you mean? You know what I mean? So register, well, I'll go into detail, right? Register organizations are uh, the folks who have the licenses and run our medical dispensaries here, right? And back then in 2016, they were the folks who could do everything seed to sell, right? If you wanted to touch the plant, you could deliver it, you could grow it, you could process it, but it all had to be done by the same company. You you had to be vertically integrated, right? And so in that, I was like, well, I'm gonna do delivery. I'm gonna just go to these retail locations. Y'all don't got delivery, right? Yeah. Let me just take this over for y'all. It's simple, right? right? And so I quickly found out that was impossible, right? The law wouldn't allow it. I was like, oh shit, so I gotta, I gotta transition. You know what I mean? So I transitioned into, okay, you know, I think we can gather folks together. Like I know from a youngin growing up, my mom threw these cool parties at the crib. I can do that, I can do that, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So, but what, how does that look legally? How do I protect people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Originally, we started doing, like, events. It was like, all right, we could do events. Let's start with just inviting people to events. And when we invite them, let's try to get people signed up to be medical card holders, mm-hmm. right? And if we could do that, then if the cops kick the door in, we're just patients right. all enjoying our medicine right. together, right? <laughs> and we're paying, like, my business, right? Like, get out of here. You know what I mean? So in that process, like, all right, well, we got to safeguard mm-hmm. our members. And so we came up with, like, a membership process and how to become a member, and then we would always encourage you to sign up and get a, uh, um, um, a medical card. And so... Uh, that developed into like, okay, we were doing events. And so we're a social club. And like we were partnering with um, regional and local um, locations that would house us. All right, we want to do puffing paints and we want to do murder mysteries and we want to do cooking with cannabis. Like, what locations can actually help us facilitate this stuff? And so, shout out to the community. Um, oh man, I got so many folks. Shout out to Cat over there at Cat. Yeah, empty cup. Empty cup. Yeah, I mean, one of our first first believers. <laughs> I think everybody knows Cat. <laughs> shout out to Cat. Um, yeah, um, uh, it's a bunch of places. I won't get into detail, <laughs> but shout out to everybody that really looked out for us in those early days because it really get us to understand like what we wanted to do. But then from there, we really started to see, like, okay, we got value, though, past uh, getting everybody together to have a good time and and party. And so then it became, well, what's the responsibility if you have the ability to gather all these people under the guise of cannabis, right? Are you just minimizing, really, the impact? And so it was like, all right, so now we've matured into, like, really understanding we want to add value to the consumer's life, right? If that's advocacy, if that's education, if that's product awareness, and that's creating dope spaces, Right, and so that's what we've evolved into is really this. Um, I, I say we're an entity, I and mean, we are a club essentially by definition. But as an entity, we really want to embody this upward motion of our community, and our vehicle is cannabis. Right, and so we want to make sure that people are smarter about cannabis. We want to make sure that we are educated not just about how to invest, but how to consume and use, or um, just how to interact with somebody in your family that has this and is using this. And we kind of like reverse some of those 
you know, stigma, stigma, uh, stigma, something I say, stigma. Yeah. stigma. <laughs> I'm about to make that really a long word for no reason. Like, some of those stigmas. And, um, yeah, that's kind of, like, the origin of, 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 like, what we are. And, yeah, what we want to do is essentially fill this void across the country, really globally, yeah. right? So our, our thing is this, what we're trying to do here is not just something that Buffalo needs. Yeah. Every community needs this, especially communities of color, where they can go to a safe space that's a resource center. I want to tap in and be like, yo, Reg, can you tell me where so-and-so is? Hey, I'm looking for the best. And, you know, I can't find the, mm-hmm. right? We want you to be able to come to us and we'd be able to be a platform for some of our brands, you know, NWE or just black-owned brands in general that can come to us and be like, yo, man, I need to get exposed to the consumer audience, mm-hmm. right? I got this brand, I got this product, I don't know how to get in front of them. So now we can say, hey, I don't have that brand, but I have the audience. Right. So, hey, Audience meet brand. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. now we have a, 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 a additional value add to the community outside of just being a um, a resource center for those who just want to not want knowledge, but now those who want to get active and do something. You know, we can start to connect those dots for you. And so that's kind of like our overall mission. We really, really want to help the kids as well. We mm-hmm. think there's a missing element to educating youth and getting them aware and ready to you know encounter cannabis in in the community and when they go out into public um and you know we talked about this before jamil about you know first time you ever run into cannabis is like on the street like Absolutely. i said my my food my, my, my people's in the in the park was like yeah you want to smoke yeah so now i gotta make this decision on right there you know in front of everybody i want to not be cool mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going with it right and you know um if i had had some at least understanding before I got in that situation, how more prepared could I be? Right. right? Not that I, I feel like I made a bad decision, but, <laughs> um, you know, uh, looking back, though, you know, uh, you know, I started really early. You know, how did it affect my brain development? Mm-hmm. You know, where 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 was I set back? And um, because that information really wasn't readily available, then we didn't have the knowledge. But now it's becoming more um, available and uh, we want to make sure that we're ushering that into the community so yeah yo it's super dope um what you're saying and you know we were having this conversation earlier especially around that education piece with young people because oftentimes you know especially in communities of color again we talk about that 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 demonization and the criminalization of marijuana and we we need a we need a whole paradigm shift yeah. in in the thought process with that because right now you're seeing a whole bunch of other people making a lot of money mm. Mm. off of the stuff that put us in prisons and and really just com- completely destroyed our communities yeah. right so Tore us apart so, so but I think it starts with those young people though right because mm. a lot of them you know. Like you said, they're 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 consumers. Let's keep it a stack. You know what I'm saying? They're out here. They're consuming right now. And if they know if there are paths for them to do this thing the right way, to be able to make a lot of money from it as well, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it could be it can completely start to change and, and shift how our communities are looked at and how we operate and do business in our communities as well. That's a fact. I mean, I think this is our opportunity for liberation. For to change our social economic status in this country, right? To go from being a treated the way that we're treated, right, and begging and demanding these things to just be treated fairly, mm-hmm. right? And that's because we live in a capitalistic country, and we don't really have any any of the financial capital representation. Mm-hmm. Right to really demand a seat at the table, right? right? And so this is what this opportunity gives us. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I think the youth are so important to, the, to, that, to that cause because they're, they're gonna be, what we do now is just the foundation for what we're laying for them, mm-hmm. right? I hope that because I exist, it's easier for a black kid to go get financing, to let a, to, for a bank to let them in, right? For the yeah. community to appreciate what he's doing, right? And so that's my, that's my duty as a first through the door you know, um, entrepreneur in this in this arena. But I also think there's a responsibility, and this is something that I haven't, I, I talk about sometimes, but I really, really want the black church to be involved. Mm. Black mm. church has so much oh hold on boy. our community. You know what I mean? <laughs> and in truth, I think it owes our community this, right? It, it was just as... You gotta clip this part right yeah, here. My bad. You this gotta was, clip this part. This was so, they're so culpable in even some of the demonization that we talk yeah, about, right? Sure. So, you know, you gotta pay that back. 
You know what I mean? We asking for the state to give us 50% representation on license, and what is the church giving back, mm. right? And no, if, I, mm. I grew up in the church. Mm. My mom's an Come elder. On. My grandmother's Come a mother of the church. You already know what's coming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, I grew up in the church, and so I feel like I'm qualified to talk like this, yeah. right? I'm not right. an outsider, right? And so when I say this, I'm saying it as a, 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 a plea of love. Hey, I, we need this. You know what I mean? Think about it. In the black community, where can you count on black people showing up every single week outside of your job? Yeah, that's a fact. Come on, man. <laughs> and it's just us? Y'all hear this? Come on, man. Bishops. <laughs> hey, pastors. I'll come holler at y'all, boys. We can have a real, you know, productive Let's conversation. Have about Let's have a conversation yeah. about this. And shout out to some of the bishops that I've talked to. Um, Shout out to uh, Bishop Gillison mm. from Mount Olive. We had some productive okay. conversation. Shout out to Bishop Bronner from Elam Christian oh, Fellowship. Okay. Right. So uh, this isn't like I'm just throwing shots from outside. Like I, I, we've we've dabbled in this, and I'm really just putting um, some additional conversation to our previous, you know, thoughts. But yeah, I think the Black Church has a, a huge opportunity to not only just educate and open it up for like, you know, this is a safe space for us to talk about it. But I think the Black Church. I think every Black Church should own a dispensary. If you ask me, right? You know, I think black churches That's should be in the game from listen. the medical benefits, right? That your because your congregation is is older. They, they, you know what I mean? They the ones that need and it. And they consumers too. And they consumers. Let's, let's and let's be, let's be clear. Let's be clear. They consume me. Yes. They're yes. consuming. <laughs> and so and so you just need to be a part of that. I just feel like the church is on the outside looking in as it relates to cannabis. Um and there mm. is a I feel like that needs to be a whole nother podcast. It, is, it really is, though. Man. Really, and I, I say that to say yes when we're talking about, like, how we can um, really start to create a new norm mm -hmm. for ourselves. Uh, think about how much uh, what we feel is normal in our life has been at the origin of church, right? From praying, how you go to sleep, how you wake up, how you deal with your stress, yeah. right? When it's, you, know, you stress out, you need to pray. Right, that is that is built that is built into us. Mm -hmm. So it has that kind of power to affect us in in our changing of our normalcy. <laughs> go go, please. Okay, I have a question though because when we talk about the the youth really being that 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 movement and that that generation that's really going to change this for us, I don't know if a lot of youth is in the church. Correct, correct. So it's like yeah, we could. Hit, hit up our churches and we're hitting a lot of the older generations, mm -hmm. the one that we're going to have to fight against. Mm -hmm. But do you do you feel like that's that's just to change their mindset because there we're not really hitting the youth as much? Yeah, so I, that's a really good point. But those youth interact with those older folks. That's it. Okay. Get, in some the, way. The older folks are the ones that's going to set the example. Exactly. They're going to exactly. set the example. Exactly. And it's, it, again, it's just like, it's you know, uh, even even in church, how you how you went to church, like you know, I only went to church because my parents grew me up mm -hmm. in that, mm -hmm. right? And so it's just like, all right, and it's not to say we do uh, youth or we do church. Right. It's an and thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think the mission and how you reach both of those crowds have to be has to be cross intersection. Ends. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I think that's how we kind of do that. Yeah, that's dope, bro. So um, we're gonna be wrapping up soon, but before we do, man. We we talked about this earlier. We you know you talk about breaking ground. My man is out here breaking <laughs> barriers for real. Shout out first of all, shout out to Buffalo Business First. Big man. shout out to yeah. Kay Anderson. I don't like to be shouting Buffalo out other media if I, unless I ain't get a, unless I'm getting a check. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but I'm gonna shout out Buffalo Business First, right? <laughs> because they did something groundbreaking recently. Um, we see it on the television. Um, my man, he was featured on the cover. Yes. A Buffalo business yes, first. Yes, uh, Man, it was Thank amazing, you, and it, it was so dope because, and I, and I hit him up afterwards too, and I was just like, "Yo, you, you know they' about to go crazy, bro. <laughs> you know the streets' about to go crazy right now about this, you know, because not only you know you have a a black man with dreads." He got a blunt in his hand <laughs> on the cover. That's a fact. On the cover of Buffalo Business First. And they put that right And on they the put front. it right on the yeah. cover. And I and I and I <laughs> love the audaciousness of that because I think it's needed. Mm -hmm. It's it's needed for the conversations, for the for the for that narrative to start to mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. And and again, shout out to Business First for doing that mm -hmm. and recognizing that, you know, someone like you who's a pioneer in this space, yeah. right? So yeah. kind of talk to that. Mm. Talk to, what was that What was that feeling like <laughs> being on the cover of Business First, bro? Yeah, that was, um, that, that's a, that's one of those moments, right? That's one of those, like, and I, I don't know if I, I'm so head down 
in the mission sometimes. Like, I don't really get a chance to like come up, yeah, and, yeah. and appreciate yeah. some of that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I thank them for even allowing that for me. But even bigger for the impact that you're talking about. Um, you know, when I first was approached about it, I just thought it was a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, all right, you know, I've seen some Buffalo Business First stories like kind of cover this industry, right? And I was like, all right, cool. I'm down to have a conversation. Um, and then uh, when, you know, Kate reached out and she was just like, yo, like, you know, I think this is, well, originally we, we sat down, we did it. And I was, she was like, yo, you gave me so much information. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the state. <laughs> Let's talk. I'm going to talk to them because I don't, if they know about all of this, what, how was, because it was originally, she was just like, well, how you plan on getting in the industry? I was like, wait. Like, there's no path for me, right? I'm making a path. I'm done some stuff. But, like, let me be clear. Like, the state didn't do me a bunch of favors. And she was like, wait, that's that's the element? That's the spirit of things? I'm like, oh, yeah, people don't know. We need to talk about this. And and I really applaud her for really taking it serious and not trying to just get a story that she could say, hey, I wrote about cannabis. Right. right, You know what I mean? And really taking interest in a perspective that was really not talked about enough um, and just didn't get enough coverage. And so, for me... You know, I didn't know I had to cover until it came out. Wow, really? So she sent me a picture of like <laughs> of the co- of me on the cover, and I was like, and yeah, honestly, I had to do a, I had to do a double take myself because like I'm like, <laughs> wait. Is this the, is this the cover? Like, I'm looking like is, is this a section? That's what I'm saying. I'm, like, I'm like, no, I'm like, picture. damn. I'm like, no, this is this is the cover. Word. This is the, like the yeah. cover, word, cover. Word, word. I'm like, yo, this is a big picture for me to be on like page six. Right. Like, I don't I don't know how he's doing this, but that's dope. Then I looked right. and I was looking. I was like, I was like cover story. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. And so. Um, Originally, I was just like, I'm excited. And I, I mean, internally, I'm telling my friends and I'm sending it to my mother and to my, my fiance. And I'm just like, yo, to the to the team, like, yo, we made it, y'all. It's, it's lit, it's dope. And then it dropped. And then the public mm. started to like give me their feedback. Mm. Okay. And like, again, my brother kidding me and like, yo, <laughs> hey, dog. I'm just like, I didn't even, I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. And then it really started to really sink in. Like, no, what we're doing is we're, to your point, that's how we leverage that capital, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. being able to get into these spaces yeah. and cross over these worlds and and legitimize ourselves in spaces where you know people are respecting again somebody who just looked like me. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I, I truly feel like an article like that. What it does is it says, "Hey, I need to be looking for a dark skinned dude with dreads to run my cannabis company." Because I kind of. We, that ain't, if we ain't got that, we really ain't got nothing, for real, for real. And so uh, that, I felt like it gave, it gave us that for the culture, for the, for the, more than it for me, man. Like, I, again, I, I kind of grew up in this, like, yo, Red, you the shit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, like, applause is dope. I, I, again, I put them in perspective now, um, but I've kind of been used to, like, yo, go Reg, go Reg. Now I'm just like, nah, what this is doing for the folks that are about that look mm-hmm. like me, that will never get this cover. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. what it does—that legitimacy—you can't buy that. You can't yeah. buy that, and and we didn't go searching for that. Right. That article came to us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That it just validated so much of the work we were doing and our approach to things, and it just is a—it was—it was truly um, like a, a full circle moment as it relates to like, yo, I remember when I was out here trying to like just tell people what I was doing, mm-hmm. and now there's like people going, "Hey, I need you to—I need you to tell people." what you're doing and that just it just feels great uh, it really does it's just a it's an amazing feeling um and i am thankful for all the support that that came with that man and all the support that that it will generate you know yeah. i got a bunch of business offerings and of deals that are like know. yo man we want to tap in with you <laughs> yes. and keep sending them you know, hit the, keep yeah. hitting the dms keep calling me uh texting me i'm open to all of those conversations it doesn't mean that you know we always going to land on something that you might have preordained when you call, but I assure you I'm open to all of these conversations. And really, it's really about trying my best to help anybody that looks like me. No offense to the allies, but mm-hmm. if you look like me, you come from my community. That's your first priority. That's my first priority. Tap well, in. I love the fact that you are you are deemed the expert in this field. So crazy. You are. So crazy. Yeah. And, and. What was my mind, bro? I mean, <laughs> what was my mind? I mean, you've been consuming for yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm an expert, expert, bro. bro. <laughs> I mean, just in everything, but but also, uh, Reggie, I salute you for being the one. Thank you. You are the one we've been waiting for. And also for creating a legacy 
as well. Because when you talk about paving the path for something that hasn't been done, that's that's legacy being created. Mm. And it's not just for your your family, but it's for our our community family. Mm. You know, the community that we have. So thank you so much for that. Oh, I appreciate you. you putting your head down and every day when you wanted to quit, you don't. That's a fact. There's <laughs> more work to do. There's more work to do. It's, it's more uh Stopping myself from quitting, but you know what I mean. <laughs> nah, that's what it, that's what it's about. It's about just that making a making a way, creating a legacy, making sure that my our last name could be you know what I mean thought of in that way, right? We never thought about like what your last name represents for your family, mm -hmm. and um, I would love fifty, sixty years from now, people to go, man, the Keiths, you know what I mean? They set the standard for cannabis in yeah. this state and in this country and globally. And so that's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. So if if you allow me, I want to. Okay. So I want to. I'm gonna do something fun with you now. Okay. Reggie, okay. All right. All right. So I'm gonna have some options for you. Okay. And I want you to choose one or the other. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I think I forgot shout the name the, already. Listen, we, shout out to his queen, too. Absolutely. Shout out to my... We got the queen in here. Nah, shout out, baby. Yeah, you Yo, you guys got to see her hair. Her hair is like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nas, Nas is popping. You know, I mean, they, 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 are, popping, they are popping duo together. You know, I, I love the two of them together. For real. Yeah. Okay, Beckwood. Ooh, Beckwood or Duchess? Oh, it's not even close. Beckwood. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Okay, Actually, backwards, she is. She apologizes for putting you in the same sentence with Dutch, sorry, Dutch, Dutch Masters. Sorry. Okay, blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. Come I'm on. from Buffalo. Yeah, thank you, bro. Yo, come on, stop it, stop it. Nasty ranch. Ill. <laughs> okay, sugar and grits or salt and pepper? Uh oh. <laughs> bro, I feel like you're putting mad pressure right now. Bro. You want to wink me to answer? I feel like you want to tell me what answer to go with, bro. Damn. I'm, I'm not a sugar and grits guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a salt, pepper. Cut it. Cut. 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 I got to warm my welcome out, man. I'm sorry, y'all. I do like sugar and rice, though. Okay. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying rice. I got okay. you rice. Yeah. All right. We still family. I'm still in the family. <laughs> okay. You and redeemed then yourself. The last one. Claire Huxtable. Ooh. Or Claire Huxtable. No, I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where's my or? Claire Huxtable or the original Vivian Bates. Original Vivian Bates. I gotta go Claire. Yeah, it's not Claire. Go Claire. Huxtable. Not even Claire Huxtable. It's not, it really ain't close. It's really not close. Ooh. I mean, it's Claire. Huxtable. <laughs> like, have you seen the Cosby yeah. show? Like, what? She's still cold. She's right. like 70 no. years old. Right now. She's, She's still cold. 74. Yes, it's cold. It's cold. Icy. Man. Okay. Hey, Felicia. <laughs> sorry, sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. Sorry, sorry, babe. Sorry. So just for our audience who don't know, because I don't know, what's the difference between Beckwood and Duchess? What's that? All right, so they're both um, like cigars, right? So they both are like leaves with tobacco inside. Um, Dutch Master is more like a, uh, it's not like a nat. It's not like a natural leaf. It has like a natural leaf to it, but it's a different texture. I put it like that. It has um, kind of like an inner lining, like a cancer paper, which uh, that has its own research to tell you like it's good or it's not bad. Some people take it out, some people don't. I'm just, I'll pass on it. I will say this though. <laughs> I will say this. They're both tobacco-based products. And, um, you know, if I can encourage anybody to start, start with like a, a, a raw paper. Start with a, a paper. You know, I'm a... I'm addicted to the price of the tobacco, the little bit of tobacco that you still get when you put your 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 weed inside that tobacco roll up. So um, I'm I'm you know again I'm an OG though. I, I I've been I've been smoking uh, paper bags. You feel me? So like you know, I, I came up off the chemical <laughs> reaction of the, of the light up. Um, so I'm kind of preordained to like thinking about like what tastes better. But no, backwoods are a better roll up. They're a little stronger. Um, you can put more in it. Uh, it's just a better smoking experience, honestly. Okay. You know I mean? For sure. All right. For sure. So, where can people find you? Reggie? Oh, all right. So, me personally, I'm at Reggie underscore no underscore Reggie. So, Reggie no Reggie <laughs> on IG. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only Reggie allowed in the circle with no <laughs> smoke. No Reggie's around here. You know what I mean? Um, and then the club is uh, the second underscore house so t-h-e the number two the letter n d then underscore house the second underscore house on ig and then uh canna dash house on facebook 
kenna-house.com is the website. Membership is free right now, still free. You can sign up. Uh, we're going to go to a paid model soon enough. Y'all better get in quick. So get in so we can grandfather y'all in and we don't have to hit y'all. <laughs> you know I don't even smoke. I just might get in. Just, yeah, just get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull up. Pull up. Yes. And it's about that. Honestly, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. It really is about consumers and non-consumers alike mm. because there's still some um, uh, exclusivity that you want to be a part of even right. though you might not consume, right? right? And there's still some education that we can provide for you. We still want to give you you know, product awareness. We still want to give you dope spaces to be a part of, whether you're consuming with us or not. And then maybe we can convince you to come on over. And you know what? You know, it's funny, <laughs> and then we're going to wrap up, but, um, you know, I was thinking about that as we were having a conversation today because I'm not a smoker, you know, but I I, I can appreciate, you know, people like yourself who, one, you're educated on this stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I think there's so many mis uh, misperceptions and misconceptions about, cannabis and and weed and things like that um is i don't i personally don't believe it's a gateway drug like mm -hmm. like a lot of people Facts. you know what i mean so um but it's still more for me to learn mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so you know I, I think i'm gonna take you take you up on that and, and join in you know i appreciate that man that's a good point man so many people like like yourself is like i right, say i'm on the fence and I want to know, like, where do I even go for that? Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I, I mean, I could talk to my man, but he just gonna convince me because he's been trying to get me to smoke with him for 10 years, right? And so, like, I want to talk to somebody that could really give me some game, some intro-level products, because there's some entry-level products. You should not be smoking what I'm smoking, bro. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You should not come yeah. right over and try to jump into, my, <laughs> into the deep end. Like, you know what I mean? I'll be you like Chris Tucker on Friday. <laughs> in the chicken coop. Yeah, yeah, chicken coop. That's, that's a fact. I don't need that on my conscience, bro. I don't need that. You know what I mean? So there's you some... You can be held accountable. You know that. <laughs> that's a fact. Nah, I'm like, well, what was my role in that? <laughs> but yeah, yeah man, that's a big part. We really want to invite the the whole community to be a part of the club so that we can really elevate our 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 community's knowledge. And so that makes it easier for us to start to incorporate whether it's business or normal practices into our community. The person next door isn't like, what is going on? They're right. like, well, whether I'm in it or not, I know. Yeah. You know, Reg and them told me what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's why it's construction happening here for the next six months. Oh, I know this company. This is their hiring practices. They come in here like that. And and what we didn't really get into, which is a really important part, is this allows us to really start to demand what we want from companies coming into our community. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? We have been the leading consumer, uh, you know, since consumership started, really, in America, right. Right? right? And we've really been able to get money. And... We don't have any control about how people come in and demand our dollar. Right. This allows us to go, you know what? All right, listen, man, you want us to come buy your weed? Cool. This is what I need back. Mm -hmm. Right. Or nobody in this zip code is coming to buy your weed. You're going to have right. to get people to come from, from wherever to come get your shit. Mm -hmm. Right? And that kind of control, that kind of demand, that kind of power really starts to, again, create norms that we want because it is not just dependent on what we can generate from our pocket, but we demanded somebody who already got it in their pocket right. to do it in our community based on what they want from us. So, yeah, man, there's there's so that. much. Brother, we thank you, man. man we thank y'all, so man. Much. Thank y'all yeah, so this much. Is, this is a dope so conversation. Much. Welcome Appreciate back to the pod anytime, man. man. <laughs> yes, We're definitely yes. going to have to have you back again at some point, man, because, like, I want to keep this conversation going mm -hmm. around this education piece, yeah. like, changing that narrative mm -hmm. around uh, marijuana and such, you know, because... We, we have to take advantage. Yes. We have to take advantage of these opportunities that's coming in, you know, so, and I think you're at the forefront of that, man, so we appreciate you. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, mm -hmm. thank you so much. We got some programs I can't wait to come back and talk about, so Absolutely. next year would be a great opportunity for us to, like, start talking more about that. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, man. appreciate y'all for tuning in to another episode Absolutely. of the podcast. Make sure that y'all check us out on all of the streaming platforms, wherever you listen to your podcast. We are there. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff. Uh, we just really appreciate y'all. Um, I'm Jamil. I'm Abby. Abby. We out, y'all. Thanks for checking out another episode of We Are The Ones Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and listen to our podcast on any of your favorite streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and even on Audible. And then make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram at We Are The Ones Podcast. And make sure you subscribe, like, comment, and share. Because remember, you are not just the one. We are the ones. <laughs>